Welcome to episode 20 of the Church Collective Podcast. This is part two of our interview with Zach and Adam from Citizens. They talk about how uh, the band came together, what worship is like at Mars Hill, and just uh, just really, really cool to have the conversation with these guys. And I uh, hope you enjoy it. I know a lot of people have enjoyed last week's episode. So here we go with uh, Church Collective Podcast episode number 20. Back in 2011, my family and I, we moved to Seattle um, to be a part of Marcel Church in the U District, which is like two blocks from University of Washington. And um, coming into it, Marcel for the past, oh geez, it's, I think the church is 17 years old now. So uh, since the beginning, it's always had a band model. It's never really had a worship team model. So I knew coming into it that my job was going to be um, as the worship director to um, start a uh, start a band that I led and also raise up a couple other leaders to lead other bands. So each church usually has about like two to three bands. So I got here, Adam was playing in another band um, at Mar- at the U District, and um, we just had like some different things going on in the band that he was in where the, just the leader needed to step down for a little bit and be developed some more. And so what happened was I kind of just uh, <laughs> by default gathered a got a bunch of really good musicians because a band kind of folded. So um, so Adam and um, a couple other guys in the band came together and we just started writing music um, and uh, writing. I really wanted to take, it really kind of started with just wanting to take some hymns that were really familiar, like Amazing Grace, Nothing But the Blood, and um, just start arranging them in a way that was a little bit, maybe a little bit different, maybe songs that you, you would clap to. I'd never really clapped to Nothing But The Blood before, so it was like, all right, let's clap to that song. Um, so uh, so anyway, that was kind of the how it all came together. And then from there, a couple more guys came in the band, and we just started writing more. And what was really cool about the U District is we have a, a later service on Sunday nights that's mostly college students. And um, much of that, just the way that they participate helped um, kind of build our sound because really what started happening was and we started figuring out how to mix better but uh, at first it was like they just sang so loud that literally you couldn't hear anything else you know like so it was like it really was like this kind of tug of war in a kind of a cool way um, and so that really helped to to shape a lot of the sound and with a lot of like the the battle hymn kind of vibe that happens in citizens with a lot of the shouting and stuff like that and the gang vocals. Because you guys are in a pretty old church building too, right? Yeah, it's 100 years old. So like the acoustics in there, the congregation starts singing and it's like... Yeah, they're kind of insane. insane. So, yeah, so when there's like 20 people, it's the worst thing in the entire world. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when there's 300 people, it's amazing. So yeah, I know that we like the first one. <laughs> what Mars Hill location do you serve at? And why uh, why that location or why that church in particular? If there's a reason. Yeah, um, I think it'd be kind of cool to hear from Adam on this, just because for me, I've uh, I'm paid by the church. I mean, it's my job to be the worship director. But Adam, like everyone else in the band, he um, this is a way that they serve and volunteer. So yeah, and kind of- yeah. So um, I had gone to the Ballard location, which 
is kind of the one that um, started the whole church and that Mark was preaching at um, for a lot of years before he switched over to Bellevue. And then an opportunity came up to play in a band over over here. And I had been playing drums for a long time and um, was just looking for a way to use that to serve. And so moved over here. And I don't know, it's just I, I think the multi-site thing is really cool and, and fun. Um, it just is a way to kind of make... A, a smaller family and a big family, honestly. And so you just serve kind of the smaller group of people um, out of the, I don't know how big the church actually is population-wise. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, it ends up being like this is this is who we are and we have our identity as, as U District, but also in the big picture of Mars Hill. So, um, yeah, really more than anything, it was just there was a need here and, yeah, came over to serve. So. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, if I could interject, I kind of have a question for Zach. I don't have the Miles. I don't have your your questions in front of me, but once again, um, uh, my question would be: You said you're the worship director. You're paid by the church, but Citizens is also a band. Those those are both potentially full time jobs. How do you balance that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Adam could speak into that as well. I, I would say, you know, it's. I mean, honestly, by the grace of God, it's worked out. To where the guys' schedules have been able to really their work and with school schedules and different things, it's just the timing has worked out to be able to do a lot of things. I would say this too, though, our primary focus has always been the local church, and it always will be that. And so, we're our the primary thing is playing twice a month at the U District, and so um, you know most of the guys like Adam, his schedule is pretty flexible, and a couple of the other guys can kind of play and when we go and do other things but you know sometimes we have to pull in other musicians because we um we really do want to keep this a local church band like we're not looking into turning this into some sort of business and so it's a tough balance and we've had to turn down a lot of stuff um to be honest with you just because it'll be like hey we want you to go do this thing for four weeks and we're like man if we go for four weeks i mean to put it into perspective for instance I mean, just over a year ago, uh, we were pretty much the only band at the U District. So we played like sometimes three times a month. And so that was just to be able to like to do that and then go do anything else in addition would just not be serving like mm-hmm. Adam's family well and different guys in the band well. So it's a tough balance, but I mean, God keeps raising up more and more leaders for us to be able to commit to other things outside of that. But for the most part, these guys are just here, a part of it, you know, the 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 weekend week out Adam's a, a community group leader and you know they're very much a part of just the ins and outs of of the local church and so it's it's really cool that we can say that with integrity that we're not just like giving the spiel of we're all about the local church but right. you know I can honestly tell you these guys love this church and they're about you know serving it right. serving the bride of Jesus so. very cool yeah awesome. Um, so with that, uh, so why do you guys feel so committed? Um, and I'm sure with you know the albums coming out and opportunities to play other places, why stay committed to the local church um, as opposed to kind of taking, I guess, the touring route or um, I guess promoting albums, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just we've seen such a profound impact that's come out of the songs that have been written here at the church that I, I really strongly believe. I mean, I, I mean, 
I could be wrong, <laughs> but I really believe that as soon as we disconnect ourselves from the local church, we're gonna our music and our impact just just diminishes like really just it dramatically decreases. And I think the reason why we've seen a lot of success is really just because we're doing what Jesus wants us to do, and that's you know be disciples in the church that He's built and it to be something that's um, flowing out of, of the people that he is saving and the people that he's using to build up his church. And so I think that um, that's a huge thing for us, is just knowing that um, our, our mission is not to be on the radio, our mission is not to tour, our mission is not to sell millions of records. You know, I don't think we ever will um, probably do any of those things you know, really well because... If we're going to focus on one thing really well, the local church, that means that other things are probably going to be sacrificed. And and to be honest with you, like for instance, when we sat down and wrote "Made Alive," um, we, I didn't even realize on our album release that like our songs being played on the radio was even possible. Like I didn't realize that that was like they were talking about doing that. Like Adam actually works at Tooth and Nail. Maybe he knew something I didn't. But um, you know, like I, I I had no clue that any of that was going to happen. And so it's been like encouraging to see that a song that was written for the purpose of just like singing it in the corporate in the corporate setting wound up somehow you know radio wanting to play that song and it, and it, and it kind of taking off that way too so I mean that's just an example of like God just doing whatever he wants to with it and um, you know we really really feel a strong burden to stay like rooted um, with our church family here so I don't know if you got anything to add to that yeah I agree. I mean, and really it's just like trying to love people well and stay plugged in and serving the church well, like serving actual faces well. Like, I don't know. I I know that when we say like serving the church, we can actually like think of like Mm -hmm. actual faces that we're seeing and like doing life with and like at the end of the day just trying to build up um, or do our part in like serving the body and functioning in the body um, so that discipleship and evangelism can actually be happening. So, yeah. so what was the the process like? Um, kind of from what I saw, but just with things posted on social media, it kind of took a while. Things that you know Mark's been posting, and uh, it kind of took. It was sort of a process to get that played. I think on on major Christian stations, or or not. Um, what what was that process like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, it didn't start off too great. <laughs> uh, you know, the first uh, radio station, I don't even know who it was because they won't tell me. But um, they basically just said that the song Made Alive was too upward. Yeah. It was too upward. Wow. Um, too vertical or something. I don't know. Apparently writing songs about Jesus isn't always a good thing. So, um So, yeah, like that was a huge thing where, I mean, again, that kind of goes back to like, I didn't know that we, most of the guys in the band didn't realize radio was even a possibility. And then to get, you know, these guys saying that, it was kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, like that wasn't what we were shooting for anyway. Right. And then, honestly, what started happening was some of these more smaller, like the Christian rock stations just started doing interviews and started playing the songs. And I think that's kind of what probably got some more interest as well. And then probably the biggest one that really pushed it for us was Air One. Um, I know there was like some transitions that happened there with on the staff, and uh, um, one of the 
um, I guess the station managers loved Made Alive and really wanted to play the song. And the person ahead of her wasn't a big fan of it. And then as soon as that person retired and she stepped into that role, it was her opportunity to be able to start playing Made Alive. And so Air One has probably been our biggest supporters, and we're really, really thankful for them. We have a great relationship with them, and um, it's it's pretty cool to just see what has come out of that, to hear a lot of the stories of people that have just never even, I, I mean, the biggest thing that I'm, I'm encouraged by is this, is that um, there's people who have never even heard of Marcel, or Mark Driscoll, you know, and are getting connected to, like, you know, gospel center teaching, and they're saying, like, man, we don't really have a great church here, but this has been a huge encouragement, because I heard your song, I couldn't, I didn't know who it was by or anything, I typed in the lyrics, found out who it was, found it on YouTube, got me connected to Marcel, and now I can watch the podcast and different things like that. And so, obviously, yeah. we're just one church that's doing that. There's tons of churches all over the world that are doing that. But it's been encouraging to see that even as, like, um, as a church, like, there's multiple facets of, of what we do that's kind of, like, working together, and um, the and radio is helping to, to support a lot of that. So it's been cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I remember... Um, just when I first got the album, was listening through it, and then I think it was maybe a couple months later, and my my wife was like, "I heard uh, I heard Made Alive on Caleb today," and I was like, "No, you didn't! Like, are you kidding me?" <laughs> and, then, and then I and then I heard it like a couple days later, and I was like, "Oh, this is for real! All right, awesome!" Yeah, dude. And uh, <laughs> I was like, "No, you didn't!" Like, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that uh, that Air One is. Uh, a big supporter. I've, I've listened to them, you know, back in back in high school when they started playing like Reliant K and yep, yeah, the yep. super tones and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> it's like, trying yeah. to get away from like Rebecca St. James. Yeah. yeah, but uh, you know. Anyways, uh, I have another. That's cool though. Yeah, I'm. Sorry. What's that? So I have another question, Miles. Uh, while we're on this topic, uh, I guess this one would be for Adam. I guess. <laughs> um, I've been listening to. Tooth and Nail Band since I first since I bought my very first CD. What I guess is the uh, relationship between Mars Hill Music and Tooth and Nail, and how has that helped? Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, okay, it's, your video it's, was frozen, so you were sitting there in stunned silence. Did I ask the oh, wrong thing? <laughs> okay. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been cool for me to be like a part of being in both, like coming from the Marcel side, yeah. um, being the band and going to the church and then working for the label. So, um, I don't know. The relationship's just been awesome and really fun for everybody. Um, John Dunn, who does a lot of the work, most of the work at Marcel Music, um, used to work at Tooth and Nail. Okay. And I like interned under him. And so, it, there's just like a cool connection. He's a huge part of what we do at Tooth and Nail and was for a long time, and um, that just kind of intertwined really easily with the relationship. I mean, we were already really close, and right. uh, and yeah, it's just made it really easy, especially with both things being in Seattle. It's an easy drive. Yeah, wherever we need to go to do meetings or or hang out or whatever. So um, yeah, from from both sides, it's just been really, I think, easy and nice little yeah really yeah yeah that was just kind of for my own curiosity i don't know if that was really relevant for the readers or not but um <laughs> that was just for uh, but you know my the cut anyways continue miles sorry <laughs> that's okay yeah don't don't interrupt me then anymore. <laughs> don't make him angry on, 
Get it, get it. Why are you guys so committed to just putting lots of doctrine and really sound theology in your music? Um, you know, uh, I think the biggest conviction just comes to the fact that, you know, our entire um, understanding and our, our doctrines of the church are informed through the Bible. And our the theological um, convictions all, all come from Scripture. And so we really feel like if we're going to be faithful, if we're going to complement really well the, the, the word that's being preached and the conversations that are happening in community and um, just the evangelism that's happening in the community, then as, as bands, we need to complement that as well. Um, we could certainly try and water down things for the sake of just trying to, for appeal. But um, honestly, like, I think there's, this is a whole, this may be another topic, but uh, I think there's a lot of fear that happens in Christian music. I think people are scared because they're worried that if they take on certain topics or trying to explain certain passages that they could be misunderstood or that you need to make it sound a little bit better because the way it's worded feels a little archaic. And I would just say, like, I mean, the Word of God is is it's it's totally on its own. You know, it can't be outdone. And so if we're trying to manipulate that in any way, then we're actually giving something that's not true to what Scripture says. And so we really feel passionate and, and very strong about the fact that we have to, one, know the Bible. And so as, as guys in the band and as band leaders and as worship pastors, like, we need to be able to teach the Word. And so that's what we're doing. We're basically just singing a sermon, you know, if you will. Right. And, um, and so that's that's really what we think is, is, is a huge um, conviction because without <clears> – <throat> I mean, the other reason, too, is we, we kind of say this every now and then, and it – for what it's worth, it's not our aim, but it certainly it would be a great thing to see within our lifetime. Is like, are we writing songs that people would sing on their on their deathbed? You know, and it's like, mm. and I think the truth is, is if we're we're using the word of God and we're seeing ourselves as much smaller in that picture, and submitting ourselves to that and allowing the Holy Spirit to be what inspires, even things down to like melodies and ideas. Like you could certainly claim those creations as something that man is, is doing, but in, in the end, I mean, we're we're still able to do these things because God made it so. He gave us the ability to create to begin with. And so our everything that we've been doing as, as we create is is in response to how God has, has made us, uh, what God has done, um, uh, what what Jesus has 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 made and that we were separated from him and now we've been reconciled and are one. We want people to really know those truths. We want them to know that we want them to know, like, Made Alive is a perfect song. Like, that pretty much sums up the gospel in a lot of ways. Like, we want songs like that that people can hear and are like, wow, okay, um, I, I, I get it. You know, the Holy Spirit is using this and showing me I'm a sinner. I need to repent of that sin and turn to Jesus and worship him as Lord. And so that's that's our aim and that's our goal. Like we want our songs to actually communicate really, really sound biblical truth. And we're and that mean that may mean it takes a lot longer to write certain songs because you have to really uh, you have to sit in, in passages and, and get a lot of in, insight and input from other people. But um, it's it's definitely worth the time and and worth the effort to put out a song that actually clearly communicates, um, you know, especially key theological 
um, concepts. And one other thing I would say on that too is like, one thing I think, and this is for all songwriters, it's like if we're really clearly pulling from scripture, it'll be really clear to the listener and it, and yeah. hopefully helpful for the worship leader. Like, I know it's hard back. I know back in my earlier days as a worship leader, I'd always be like, man. I like this song, but I do not know where in scripture it comes from. Like it's just yeah. really, really like is it is it a metaphor? Is it like what is it? Like I gotta bust out seventeen translations before I actually figure out what it is. And and so it's like I think it is important to like you know, again, like it's we it should take some time to write songs and I'm not saying that there are so many churches out there that are writing like phenomenal worship oh, yeah. and great just just you know, new hymns, if you will, and and so I think the reason that those have lasted is because they, you listen to them and you're like, yeah, that that came from the Word. Like this is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it was, and the Word of God was used to 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 write this song. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that's something that I've uh, completely agree with. That I've seen um, Mark post a couple times is. Uh, I might be paraphrasing it, but him saying, you know, you go to church on Sunday, you listen to a sermon, maybe you listen to it a couple times, you know, if you really like it, but a song, you know, you listen to a song hundreds of times, you get the melody stuck in your head. So when you get the melody stuck in your head paired with those words, you know, you're singing truth Mm -hmm. to yourself over and over again or listening to it on repeat in your car or whatever. And um, I mean, I don't even know how many times I've listened through the albums that I've, you know, you know, Ghost Ship album, your guys' stuff, and, you know, I know the songs really well, but it's like, you know, I've listened to, you know, one of Mark's sermons once, and I might remember a point or two from it, you know, or even the sermons here at our church, but um, being able to sing those truths over and over to yourself, I think, is just so helpful, and I remember seeing him post that a couple times and just being like, yeah, that's makes complete sense, and people need to have these songs, so, once Dude. again... And I would I'm, I know you have other questions, but just to throw no, it's in, okay. Go, like, keep going. It's a great. really awesome story um, to put that into perspective. So I've got a five-year-old yeah. daughter, and um, <laughs> she like a couple weeks ago we were like really talking about what it looks like to confess your sins, and it was just like she was having a really hard time with it. And um, she is a very just I love her, but she's a very dramatic girl. Um, drama is she likes drama. Uh, so. But she was just really, really having a hard time with this idea of confession. And I'm sitting there, and I'm explaining to her, like, you know, what it looks like to confess her sins to Jesus. And she wants to go through one by one and say, these are all the sins I've done. No, 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 you don't need to do that. Like, we are trying to explain to her that we were dead in our sin. And, and um, she was just, she's talking, and she's like, Dad, I want to confess my sin right now. And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, what's the best way to teach her this? And it was like, all right. We're going to sit here. Let's just get on our knees. Let's bow, let's bow before Jesus, and let's sing nothing but the blood. And so we sang that song as, like, this prayer of confession. And I just was, like, I think the Holy Spirit, like, totally led in that moment because it was just this great reminder of, like, oh, yeah, like, we don't just have to, like, we could actually, like, sing these confessions. We can sing these prayers of, like, confessing our allegiance to Jesus and acknowledging that only he could wash away our sin. Yeah. And, um, man, that was, like... A really cool thing that I think is, like, I think we'll see more and more um, over the years, too, as time uh, goes on. And something that's even just, you know, think about if you grew up with grandparents that love Jesus, you know, and they sang hymns, it's like they sang, you know, my grandmother sang, you know, 
just as I am when she was seven, you know, and remembers that song right. her entire life. You know, that's helped shape like really that helped shape really core doctrines in her life. And I think that she's not alive anymore, but she would say like there are many songs in her life throughout her eighty seven years that help guide her and help her understand just how deep the love of Jesus is. And so I I definitely think like we have to stay true to that. You know, that so many hymn writers hundreds of years before us have been faithful to that. Like we can't slack off now. Like we have to just keep carrying that torch. How did you settle on your guys' style, and how does that serve your congregation at U District? Um, does the age of your, like, I guess the average age of your congregation, does that play a role into it, or how did how did that kind of come about? You guys settle on that style? Um, you know, what it's kind of funny. Like when the band started, we were all like, we all came from many different musical backgrounds, like. Totally different. I mean, what would like you came like, from more of like a, a couple? A couple of us had come from like more like punk rock or heavy music kind of stuff, and a couple were way more like indie rock. And um, then there's yeah. I was just say then there was the homeschool guy that grew up in the church, <laughs> and Michael W. Smith was one of his influences. Oh dear. Yeah. So we we really really don't like him. Um, <laughs> you kicked out right after no, that. Yeah. No. yeah that's uh, but I mean, you know that—that's Nate, our keyboard player, and we never—we never let him forget that he was homeschooled. Uh, he doesn't have any facial hair, so I mean that makes sense. He does not have facial hair either, so apparently you don't get that in, in homeschool. homeschool. Yeah. In middle school, either, I guess in homeschool. Yeah. Well, um, I'm myself out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Sorry, man. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think, honestly, like, what's really cool about Seattle that is different, certainly from other places, but um, I would say long, a long, long time ago, like, when Marshall started, Pastor Mark, just out of necessity, just started bringing together a lot of different musicians and uh, guys that he would hear from different guys that could lead worship, and they would bring their bands in and lead worship, and it's always been this band model, and so there's always been a lot of creativity and a lot of different sounds and so for instance like the band that Adam was playing in before he played in Citizens at the U District was more folky and um, we have other bands here at the U District now that some are more orchestral and some of them are you know have all different sounds and so I think that we just wrote music that we like honestly I, I never even thought about like is are they gonna like this <laughs> right uh, thankfully they did uh, I guess we wouldn't be talking if it didn't um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's been, you know, a really cool thing to see. So bringing the bands together and all that, that stuff kind of, the sounds that come from all that, I, I think certainly the, the, the younger part of our church, a lot of the college students influence that, um, a lot of the styles. But um, overall, I mean, the church kind of goes wherever we take them. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next question I had was, uh, what was your experience like playing at Creation Northwest, and do you guys have any plans um, to do any more festivals, at least in your area or otherwise? Yeah. Adam, what was it like it playing was, at Creation? Yeah. It was good. It was a super nice day, and we played twice, actually, this year on the same day. The schedule changed around a bunch of times, but... 
Um, yeah, dude, it was it was awesome. We played once there last year, and I think the CD wasn't really out, so it was mostly just like Mars Hill people that came <laughs> and checked out what they had already. Yeah. So it was kind of like the we supplanted our church yeah. into there. So, but yeah, this year super fun. Um, I don't know. I wish I had like a good story about it. It was just everything went well. It was for sure like. The best sounding stage I think we've played on. Okay, yeah. Where, where are they holding that now? Uh, it's down in Enumclaw at this um, the fairgrounds down there. Okay. I don't know if they're actually going to do it there anymore, but I've gone a couple yeah. of times. I'm actually from Oregon, and I used to go oh, when, okay. they, when they had it up at um, the at Gorge. The Gorge. Yeah. 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 So the Gorge cool. is awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that was and, phenomenal. <laughs> Remember those days? It's like yeah. the good old, good old times. But <laughs> is it as big? Yeah, now? sweet. Um, the like the fairgrounds like, area. Like the whole the whole thing in general. Is it? I, I haven't really looked into it. I don't. I don't get the mailer anymore. <laughs> but oh yeah, no, it. I mean, I've only been the last like two or three years, oh, okay. so I don't know what it used to be like. Well, when it was I imagine the gorge just like packed out, but yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still, pretty big. I okay. mean, people bring a lot of youth groups come out, and yeah. a lot of, uh, just people from the area. I think this is gorgeous, cool because it was more like centrally located, and a lot more people from different parts of the state could kind of come. Yeah. So now it's a little bit more like Seattle and Tacoma and Olympia folks. Gotcha. I mean, more exclusively. So. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. And then you said uh, plans for the future, I guess, as you said, too, right? Yeah, like if you guys have any plans, I mean, just anything, or if you're planning on doing, I don't know if or when creation is happening in 2014, or if there's any other festivals that you guys have been invited to or thinking of doing. Yeah, I mean, as of now, we pretty much, I mean, I know there's some things coming in, but we're kind of um, taking it all in stride. Like, it's nothing crazy as of yet um but we pretty much as things come in we kind of assess it on a case-by-case -case basis nothing right now that we have to necessarily announce for next year um um but still writing songs and still you know working on a lot of stuff hoping to maybe put out um another full length next year um if not then definitely the following but you know you can be awesome. looking out for that for sure so yeah That's it for this week's episode of the podcast. Be sure to head over to thechurchcollective.com and connect with us. We want to connect with you. We want to connect you with the community. It's just been so cool to connect with so many worship leaders. So please head over and get in touch with us.